0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and all my patron papes, patron uh, papes, what do you see we get out of the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the lights and press play. I'm gonna do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about on your mind you're thinking about past, present, the future, uh, tomorrow, next week, whatever it is, uh, stuff, whatever you're thinking about, you know, like, uh, what are you, you know, we went on lists, uh, that's a list, of listicles and lists, holy moly. Remember when I was going to start that podcast, a litany of lists, and I never felt, uh, you know, that's on my list now, because another thing I never followed through on, that's one list I've never made, luckily, Like, it's one of those self-generating lists. Maybe I'll get back to that. So whatever's keeping you awake, thoughts, feelings, any emotions coming up. They could be emotions about the past or the present or the future, uh, physical sensations, uh, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. Changes in schedule, time, maybe you work. Here's a big shout-out to my second and third shift workers. And those of you on the fourth, those of you, well, those of you on the fourth shift, which I've, you know, tried to promote more and more. And those of you on shifts in 4D, you say, well, you know, I mean, I'm working in the fourth. I got a shift in the fourth dimension, Scoots. What about me? I say, don't worry. One day I'll mention you on an episode. Will you hear it? I don't know, because I don't know how that works. Well, when you, I guess, do you go, wait, do you go? Do you work? Do you work here and return to the fourth dimension, or do you work in the fourth dimension and return here? Did I say that? Did my brain just get caught in a, another dimension? How many dimensions are there again? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, is it? Did this have anything to do with how many axes are there? Are there is there X, Y, and Z? Okay, my brain is definitely dead silent when I'm asking these questions. I'm not. I was waiting for an answer, even inside my head that I would have given voice to. No answers in there. In fact, I felt some part of myself rolling its eyes uh, when I said X I I said, "What?" And, said, and then I heard something mutter, "What do axes and dimensions have to do with each other?" And I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold the phone there, because how are you going to get a like a?" What if you had to measure a dimension would well, you would need the axes or you'd say like length and width uh, in depth? That's 3D, correct? So I think it's a perfectly for a perfectly reasonable question to ask. Uh, and that's how I treat those parts of me. I say, well, this is, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not here to. get into a big thing about this. I just was wondering, and I think it's, you know, I'm just asking questions, okay? And then my brain says, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, Sorry, I didn't see it that way. But you're right, I never would have, my brain, without a hint of sarcasm that I can detect, said, I never would have thought we'd need to get out the old measuring tape and start measuring dimensions or taking the, and I said, well, somewhere out there in the history of time and space, there's definitely been someone, or will be, or will be right now, whose job it has to do with measuring the dimensions of dimensions. I mean, that's a reasonable assumption, right? Oh, you! my brain just said, I know one person that wouldn't be qualified for that. And I say, you're right about that. I would not be qualified for uh, it's They say, what is that? Is that, it, like, uh, what number is that? Or is that a letter? Well, you I estimate. I I I use a form of estimation called uh, the the tape measure keeps moving around. It's my own special form of estimation. I mean, those were wriggle That was a wriggly dimension you had me dealing with. You said Nebula. Can you just stay in one place while I measure you? And that wasn't Nebula, the famous uh, character that associates with superheroes or super heroine. That was something else. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot. I'm in the middle of the. I'm in the middle of the start of a sleep podcast. Oh boy. Okay. So whatever's keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of stuff. What I'm going to do, and I just gave you an example, is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to get mixed up, which we've just seen. Not go anywhere. You see, he talked about stuff, but I don't ever like. Uh, he's the only person that could talk about something without re- reaching a conclusion. Let's say thank you very much. I mean, if you once you've had my my imaginary future job and another, you know, measuring dimensions of dimensions. I think you know that's probably what one of the. I mean, really, when we see, when you talk about that, that's really an essential job of an astro person. I don't know if it's an astrophysicist, but that would say, wouldn't that be? You could use that if you're an astrophysicist. Say, well, what do you? Do? What does an astro, astro a, astrophysicist do anyway? Yeah, well, one of the, one of our main jobs is measuring the dimensions of dimensions. Uh, maybe I should check in next time. I check in at one of the great particle colliders. I heard they they got. A, I heard there's a new superconductor that doesn't have to be measured in Kelvin or something. So I'm excited about that because that makes it you know that makes it easier for me to pop in, and uh, you know join in in the collision. You know I say super collision. That was a wonderful one. That's another book I will be working on one day compliments for super colliders and uh particle accelerators uh if, if you meet a part you know if you meet a particle things to say if you meet a particle collider what did i say particle accelerator or a collider or or a super collider at a party small talk with super colliders and uh particle accelerators. So, oh boy, if you're new, you I mean, you've, you're already hearing the podcast, so you already have a good idea. So this show is not a podcast you need to listen to, and I think I set a good example of why. It's a kind of podcast you kind of barely listen to. You just kind of barely pay attention. So that's one thing to know. The other thing to know is this podcast really doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company while you drift off. So even if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here. Like uh, the shows are an hour to give you plenty of time. Fall asleep at your leisure. If you can't sleep, I'll just be here keeping you company, rambling. It's interesting because tonight is a science-based. Well, if if there's an imaginary branch of science, and I'm not talking about the one we're familiar with, I'm talking about a different one. Uh, like kind of like not not fantasy science. Uh. But yeah, I mean, I guess like uh, I guess in some sense, fantasy science. Okay, so what was I saying? Oh, so this is a podcast you don't need to listen to. Don't need to fall asleep either. I just keep you company while you drift off. Podcast does not work for everybody either. That's the thing. It's uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. But for most people, it worked for. It took two or three tries before they realized. Oh, I feel like a. That was confusing distaste with neutrality. I actually feel neutral, so neutral about this podcast I could sleep to it. But naturally, when you first check the show out, you might have strong feelings about it because it's very different, but bit confu You know, it, I'm a bit strange. I go off topic. I got creaky dulcet tones. So all I can say is give it a few tries and see how it goes. I really hope it can help you fall asleep. And I don't gain anything really. I mean, if you saw my inbox, you'd just say, like, uh, but uh, like, uh, just give it two, two, two or three tries and see if it works. I hope it does. So that's that. Another thing, if you're new, that throws new listeners off is the structure of the show, especially, well, I guess it throws people off whether this is their first podcast or they listen to a lot of podcasts. It, it throws them off either way. And I think the reason why is that, uh, it, the structures not nor it's not uh, comparable to another podcast. So we start off with a greeting. that's pretty normal. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. That's how everybody knows that I want you to feel seen and welcome. and then I'm trying to make a safe place or a place that you could feel you say well I'll check that out i'm not, I'm feeling ambivalent at this point. an ambivalent place that could develop into something you feel safe in. So there's that, uh, so it's a, a, the greeting, then there's business, business at the top of the show, usually got two pieces of business, then the sleepy supporter zone, uh, then the intro and the intro is a long part of the beginning of the show, usually from six minutes to 22 minutes or so, or at least lately. Uh, and that's where I introduce the podcast, which you say, normally isn't an intro like around 30 seconds to two minutes? I say, yeah, normally it is. But this is an intro that could put you to sleep, so that's why it's 22 minutes. But really, the intro kind of serves a couple purposes. One, if you're new, it kind of gives you an idea what to expect. And, and you say, oh, okay, this is a podcast, okay, is he going to do like a... Uh, you, I don't know. You get familiar with the idea that I'm, you know, you're in the style of the show. But two, there are listeners that fall asleep during it. There are like two or 3% of listeners that skip ahead to 20 minutes and start listening there. And there are people that listen during the day or wake up and put the podcast on. There's a lot of different use cases, but for a lot of listeners, and this isn't right or wrong, but just, just like the usual way people get into the show initially is a. Uh, they listen to the intro during their wind down, whether they're in bed or they're getting ready for bed. And that makes the intro that 20 minutes serves as a, to w- a way to get some distance from your day, you know, your daytime personality. And to make nighttime where something like a little bit nicer, you say, well, I'm easing into bedtime with scoots. So I'm taking your mind off of stuff. And that way you're you're kind of descending ideally into sleep. I mean, that's the only way that works for me. So, uh, yeah, so that's the intro. Then there's business, kind of that's the main meat of the business of the show. Then there's our story. Tonight it'll be a holiday episode where we look at Santa Claus. And, you know, know, I'm just going to say it up front. One, I believe in Santa Claus. Two, I'm going to explain one uh, argument that hasn't been put forth, uh, like undisclosed, like a well, I don't know if I have, for, yeah, I guess I have first-hand knowledge of this stuff. When people say, oh, Santa's impossible, just a fantasy. And also I believe, you know, Santa Claus turned things over to Roberta Claus in 2013. But you could call Roberta, Roberta Claus is comfortable be, being called Santa Claus because Santa Claus is a role. Roberta Claus is the current person serving in that role, which is a long She's only the second—well, actually, I don't know this, actually. I I just made an assumption. I'm operating on the assumption she's only the second person to occupy the role of Santa Claus. But I could be wrong about that. Not playing the fictional role of Santa Claus, the real role. Um, So tonight I'll be talking about that. So, you know, if you have uh, young people in your life or you're a young person or you're a teacher, you could go ahead and put this on—you know, you could put this on the syllabus. And I mean, I don't know can't promise you'll keep your job, but uh, you could say, well, this is another argument of uh, how all this is possible. It'll just help you. It'll help you see why you could get in the holiday mood. So we'll talk about that. Then there's some thank you. So that's the structure of the show. Like I said, this podcast, just it's not, it's not for everybody, but for the people it works for, like they say, yeah, give it two or three tries. Uh, the other important thing is the reason I make the show. The reason I make the show is because I've been there. Uh, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. I've had all of those. I've probably had all of those in the last 48 hours, uh, including my new thing, which is, you know, my daughter wants me to call it hashtag laying, which I've talked about. Uh, and it's because of this, you know, this 2020, I wake up really early. And I try to get back to sleep because, you know, I don't have a sleep podcast that I can put on. Luckily, you do. But you could also put this podcast on and just try this. And, you know, I don't think I told my therapist about this because this is really where I say, wow, I really am getting better. This stuff actually works. This, uh, the, all, all the work I put in. And I'm not kidding. I guess it sounds like I'm saying it facetiously. but So I have this new thing when I wake up early. That I, I, I kind of acceptance, I guess is what you call it. I say, okay, I woke up early. I don't want to get out of bed, but I also don't want to put pressure on myself to fall back asleep. So I'm just going to lie, lie here for a little while, try to get comfortable, but try not to, because for me, once I say I want to go back to sleep, you know, you know that, you know how that goes. And then I start to get, uh, my temperature starts to rise and I'm not, not, not my physical temperature. You know what I'm saying? And I just get less, I get frowny. And this new laying thing, it doesn't work all the time because it's, you got to be in the right mood. I say, well, I'm just going to lie here. Maybe I'll let my thoughts drift. Maybe I'll meditate. Maybe I'll feel some feelings or get comfortable. Maybe I'll listen to some sounds. And tell you what, sometimes I fall back asleep, sometimes I don't. And then sometimes I wait a few, you know, I give it a few minutes and I say, well, I didn't fall back asleep. And I kind of, Gonna you know start start drinking coffee, so it's just one of the things that uh, I don't recommend it. I'd recommend listening to this podcast and and you know falling back asleep. But uh, oh, I've been there. That's the main thing. So I know how it feels in the morning or at night or you know uh, you know all the time. And so uh, if I can help you, if I can make bedtime something you don't dread, that would be that's the highest goal I could hit. If you just say, well. Well, at least I got scoots, uh, you know, I got that. At least I'm not like scoots just laying there open. I got scoots to keep me company. I mean, in some sense I have pre-scoots because whatever, I, I can just like let my thoughts drift sometimes. Uh, so, so, so it's like pre, pre-podcast material. So, uh, So if I can help, it really gives my life meaning. But also, the other side of it is, you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place where you can get some rest. And if I can help with that, uh, like uh, that would mean a lot. Because if your life's better, all our lives are better. If your life's richer, all our lives are richer. It's just the truth. Uh, It increases it. You know, it's like an incremental increase in the goodness of the world, an incremental increase in the goodness of the world sign me up that, that that's my dream so i really want to help but put a little bit of uh, incremental increase in the in the rest you get uh, and in the goodness of your life uh, or that you know that you could live your life in a more fuller way so that's why i'm here uh, but i you know don't take that serious talk serious you know mostly it's me goofing around and talking to myself so I'm glad you're here. I work really hard. at your and a nice drive, and I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to bring this podcast twice a week. All right, everybody, it's Scoots here. I'm here with a holiday tale. Oh, boy, is this exciting. And our holiday, you know, there's a lot of things. Uh, how do I set this up? Because there's, okay, kids. Uh, now, this is just, I don't know how many people are listening that, uh, Where you stand on this holiday issue of Santa Claus or Roberta Claus, who uh, took over for Santa Claus and now goes by Santa Claus. So I don't know where you stand on uh, this. uh, One of the great issues of our time. But I do want to explain one of the many, what's known as a myth, uh, but you could say. So there's people that say, oh, do you believe in Santa Claus? or Santa Claus, or Santa Claus, uh, or Santa Claus. And the mere raising of the question makes me say, hey, could you pause and ask yourself why you're asking the question? Uh, Because when you start out a holiday tale, you say, like, uh, do you say, well, do you believe in Santa Claus? Uh, Or have you got to a point where you ask that question in a way that has an agenda uh, to prove or disprove something instead of fostering an underlying, uh, I say, well, I guess I have an agenda, which is uh, like everybody starting a holiday tale. It's to bring you a little dose of uh, meanders and holiday cheer and take your mind off the of stuff. But also to encourage those of you that say, well, okay, Scoots, uh, you know, I'm whatever age I am. And I've been told these things, or I'm just a curious child, and I say to myself, "Oh, I I, I do love Santa Claus, and a lot, but there's a lot of uh, questions I have about Santa Claus and how it's possible to visit every home in the world, because you, you see, it brings as soon as you say that, it brings up a lot. Well, what if we don't, you know?" And I say, "Okay." Well, I do want to tell you that, uh, yeah, this is a so this takes things in a different direction. For those of you that say, you know, I got another part of my brain scoots, the part that's uh, it's it's a weird part of my brain that scoots has. It's, it does it, it it has a lot of questions and a lot of needs and wants to bring up a lot of points, but also doesn't do want to do a lot. And you'd say, is that? Here's the thing. I just thought of this. They call they have a name for that part of the brain. And like one they'd call it limbic, the other one it starts with an l but if you think about it, those of you and I've never had one of these beings uh which we'd say is a cool they're 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 cool they they have a cool circulatory system, and they may or may not you know depending on which uh, part of science you you practice uh, be descended from dinosaurs. Or was it birds were the precursor? And these current friends are the descendants of dinosaurs with their cool circulatory system. Now, some people may have even gotten a pet that has a cool circulatory system for a holiday, but some people use it as to describe a part of our brain or our functioning, particularly my therapist. And because, you know, they say, well, boy, do you have a strong. When you say you're cool blood, you no, I say I'm hot-blooded, check it and see. Well, your limbic system's cool, man. And I say, cool like cool, like, or cool like the temperature. They say, cool. Oh, well, isn't it interesting that that part of our brain, which feels very active, is named after a being that spends most of its time lying around on warm rocks or under warm lamps if it's a pet. And does everything very slowly. I I never thought about that. But you say, well, wait a second. Did you name it because of your feelings about those cool circulatory beings? Because as far as my research could tell, they said, well, actually, Scoots, let me explain it to you here. Uh, And I'd say, okay, but back it up. Because most of the time, they're lying around. Even the ones I see out there in the world so they say those like so they have the cool circulatory system, but they spend most of their time relaxing in the sun. You see, maybe they have it figured out in a way I don't. Oh, but I'm here to tell you a holiday tale. I don't even know, to be honest, what any of that has to do with it. Except that one part of our brain says no, 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 no. But I'm here to explain to you one of the realms of possibility. And I'll bring up the 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 question that comes up, even when I'm trying to write stuff around this: Is Santa Claus real? And if you're going to say yes, uh, usually the adult response, with uh, when you're making a show like this, is say, "Well, do you believe in Santa Claus?" And even years ago, I, I talked about that there was a book about how is the physics of making it possible, and those kind of things. But I wanted to talk tonight about a te- like a version of this that I've that I've been recently a theory, and so I'm gonna turn it over to a, a theorist. Uh, and uh, like uh, I guess this will be the first time they're on the show. Maybe I don't know because they haven't recorded it or popped into the studio yet. But uh, they they're gonna explain uh, uh, like uh, about. It. So here we go. This is uh, Gilda. Uh and guess hello, thank you, Scooter. Thanks. I'm here. And I'm Gilda the holiday theorist, and I'm here to offer you a holiday theory. And it you could say a treaty or a treatise on uh how the relation trip the relationship between Santa Claus and water and how it makes the Santa Claus real. And and I say water and water vapor. So the winter time and the holiday season for for most of the time with in, with increased uh, persi- precipitation in the northern the northern hemisphere and those of you in the southern hemisphere, you don't have to have a high level of humidity for this theory to be true uh but this would be a myth uh, better explained in a high humidity southern uh, southern hemisphere region though there's always water uh did you know we're made up of water and water is, you know, essential to our respiration and, and all those things. I'm not here to get too caught up on us in water, but you, you know have a glass of water. Now, maybe you don't want to have a glass of water right at bedtime. But I want to talk about a couple of things about uh, the holiday season. And uh, those of us that already believe in Santa Claus uh, or uh, believe, you say, well, Now, there's, I totally understand. Maybe you don't want to hear these theories. You may say, well, that doesn't make me feel good. It brings, and I'd say, okay, yeah, that's understandable that Santa Claus may not bring up strong uh, feelings for everyone. And, and, you know, that's why, uh, you know, Santa Claus decided to turn things over to Roberta Claus because Roberta Klaus she was a scientist that also d- didn't believe in Santa Claus until she took over and that's the you know that's uh presented as a, uh, like in uh, ages ago uh, sleep with me explained how that's possible i think you could listen on the patron feed uh, somewhere but for some of us is uh, wondering about Santa Claus also brings up you say well maybe part of it is wanting to believe uh, and wanting to believe in that grand myth, uh, but then you say, well, it makes a lot of questions and I don't want those questions to interfere with my experience of the myth, uh, because then I may, and I say, okay, well, let's just spend some time here together. And I'm going to say that, uh, like a lot of us, uh, and even those that say, oh boy, this, or like holidays and all myths, uh, offer a spectrum or layers uh for you to experience something Now no that's just my theory it's not it's a kind of a made-up theory it's called the myth uh, uh sandwich layer theory club sandwich myth theory uh which i don't like club because they say we can only get this sandwich in a club well i don't want to be a part of a club then i need to be a part of a club to get a sandwich. Uh, is this a cl- this is a sandwich based club or this club is a perk of the uh, the sandwich is a perk of the club because I could go, go to a diner and get this sandwich one so that's not that great. What's the perk? It's just an extra piece of bread in there. Sorry, sometimes I rail against the uh, things uh, beyond. Uh, so, but but you, you now some of you may say, well, that's kind of old fashioned. What's a club sandwich and why are we talking about club sandwiches? And what does it have to do with it? And what if I don't have the? all? And I say, well, a club sandwich to me is a layered sandwich uh, with an extra with extra layers. And a club sandwich traditionally, if you get it at a diner, uh, which anyone can go to for the most part, is a sandwich. It has a piece of bread. Then usually, uh, like uh, now, you could have a condiment on your bread. Bread's normally toasted, and that's for flavor and structural integrity. Then you have some layers uh, on your fruit. So you have the bread, then you have the condiment. uh, Condiment's kind of a layer, technically. Then you'll have some layers. Maybe they're uh, vegetable layers, maybe not. Uh, That's the beauty of constructing a sandwich to construct a metaphor for a myth, a metaphorical sandwich for a metaphorical myth. So let's just say we're going to have a vegetable sandwich. So you say, okay, I'll have some lettuce, I'll have some tomato, then maybe some cucumber. And you say, then you take another toasted piece of bread, maybe with, normally, I don't know if it's condimented or not. So let's say it's not condimented. And you say, on this sandwich, uh, what would be our condiment? I'd say, well, if it's a vegetable, and I'd say maybe some hummus on that first layer. Now I know those of you are saying, please, on this next piece of toast, yeah, we'll put some avocado there on the next layer. And maybe something uh, to add some savory, is something you say, well, some pickled something. And maybe even something like, uh, what is that called? Setsia saitan. Maybe something else to add. Not a faux meat, but a, but a little bit of uh, like a Hefton savoriness uh, in flavor. And then maybe another vegetable layer, maybe in one more iceberg lettuce layer. Just uh, coolness and crunch is important. And then the uh, last piece of toast. Now, I hear somebody saying, don't all sandwiches have layers? Yes, uh, but this is a lot of layers. Two, I hear, what what does this have to do with the holiday season? And I'd say, well, sometimes you prefer a sandwich with all those layers, right? Uh, So that's one way to think about your belief system in Santa Claus is, is my point there. And you'd say, what does this have to do with, is is Santa Claus possible? And I'd say, okay, well, a couple, we come up with the things. Okay, is Santa Claus possible? One person, in our case, Roberta Claus, uh, she is both the figurehead and the central distributor of holiday joy. uh, Traditionally expressed in kids getting stuff. As in the the morning or the evening of uh, Christmas. And I realized that you may have, like I said, we're going to look at it as layers in the sandwich and saying, well, you want a sandwich or not? Uh, Like the all or nothing myths, you say, well, Santa real or not? Is is this good for, you know, well, I only see Christmas through this lens or I don't, you know, this is you say, well, okay, I see there's other layers and people may change the layers of that club sandwich around. They go more traditional, mayo, bacon, and turkey or whatever. I don't know. This is but a layer that hasn't been talked about. I guess that's my point. In one layer, you could see the holiday season through. So you say, is is Santa Claus, Roberta Claus real? Someone who goes around the world delivering toys. Okay, you say, hmm. Not so sure about that one. One, because what about people, you know, okay, I, I hear you. There's multiple objections uh, to just that as a factual action and two, as a possible action. Understandable and un- very, very understandable. So, the, the okay, so as you say, okay, now how's your theory present the, those two things? And I'd say, well, what if we go deeper to the people who say yes? So you say, yes. Well, one, they go to all or nothing after that. Yes, Santa Claus is real. Yes, Santa Claus delivers presents around the globe. It's a fact. You either accept it or you don't. You say, okay, well, that's one way to deal with it. I understand that. Uh, or you say, well, like, I want to believe in it so strongly that at least during the season, I use all of the accoutrements of the season. Not just because I enjoy it, but also as a as a as a uh, a mechanism of cognitive dissonance, as a distraction from the weight that I am going into an all or nothing place and just believing Santa Claus is real. Without, uh, because I don't want I just want to be immersed. Uh, and the accoutrement helps me in that immersion, much like a, a suspension of disbelief when you watch a movie going to the movie theater and having habits uh, when we when, when that was something we did very often or going to a theme park uh, it's a part of a process right you're sus- a suspension of disbelief or a that make it easier to to have cognitive dissonance I guess is and I'd say well I guess suspension of disbelief is a, n- a nicer way to put it and then some people, you may say, "Okay, is it real or not?" And they may say, "No," but symbolically, it's it's enjoyable. Or you may say, "Well, no, but it's fun to think about it." Say, "Okay, okay, those are things." Uh, you're starting to see layers in the sandwich there. Or some people may speculate. Not only I like to think it is possible, and and, and I like to think about how would it be possible. Or some people might say, well, it's a historical myth uh, about something that no longer occurs, but does occur. But we still kind of participate. It's a participatory myth. And I'd say, whoa, I never thought about that till it just came out of my mouth. I wish I had written all this down. Tell me more. Well, it's a myth. You could believe that it's a tale or that it's a factual accounting of something that occurred in the past. uh, and now we, as a people, uh, the people that participate in it, and you say, "Well, there's also the secular and non-secular holidays, and uh, even cultural, uh, uh, even uh, secular, non-secular cultural expressions of holiday traditions." And then there's family, you know, and the like. It goes level by level of level, even geographic. And he said, yes, 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 now we're getting, so, so there's a layer. So those are layers on the sandwich, uh, yes, and uh, the, that doesn't, like, uh, make it untrue that you say, well, it could be real. Or, yeah, I'd like to think about that book with the physics of if it's real or the other, you know, the, all these specials that are on the, 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 the you know, the streaming boxes, uh and looking at that and all the possible, or more oh it just opens me up to the possibility it could be real and then we go into a place where there's also a couple other big were big not not lengthwise words but words that are used in big ways uh magic and spirit uh, that we need to touch on before we get to the actual uh, this actual this is some of some of uh What I think will become a popular factual uh, way of looking at the holiday season, hence to, therefore, whatever, moving forward. So, okay, so there's magic. Uh, They say, well, how does this all, if it is, not only is it real, but the way it's real is magic. Uh, Or you wouldn't say, has anybody, probably, they said, well, no, it's a superpower. How come that hasn't been a thing already? Like, where they say, oh, well, uh, just like these other super beings that get all their movies and stuff, uh, uh, Santa Claus or Roberta Claus is a superpowered being or a magical being. And as a part of our belief system in this magical being, you know, we believe that if things are possible for Santa Claus and maybe Santa Claus' supporting cast. Uh, because of the magical powers, and and the, that'd be just amazing uh, and powerful. So a lot of these things could be explained. You say, well, how does uh, they make all those toys? Well, that isn't always explained by magic, just by hard work. But how does Santa tr- fly around the world? Magic. How do all the toys get delivered? Magic. Uh, now some people would say, well, it's the magic of physics. This, this, and this, uh, or technology. Uh, which would be considered magic if it wasn't Earth based technology, either technology from our future or from another universe, uh, which isn't really talked about a lot. But you say, well, what if Santa Claus is not a human being? And now that's not a, something I'm introducing here tonight. Oh, no, 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 not at all. I'm introducing it as an Earth based thing. Oh boy. But that does open up a thing. Now, friendly. Uh, whatever, beneficent or whatever that word is, benevolent, uh, uh, being from another world. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times people like to picture Roberta Claus in this. You say, oh, well, I project. Uh, I can imagine what Roberta Claus is like, uh, trying to take over the reins from Santa Claus, who uh, was from an earlier era, as far as our images of Santa Claus are concerned. But when you start to say, well, if it's a non-mammal or some sort of a non-Earth, you say, well, similar to a mammal. You say, okay, well, that's tough to picture. And I I say, well, yeah, I don't want to make it. This is not meant to, I I guess I went off topic there because I hadn't really thought about it. But I said, well, non-Earth technology would be magical and in some sense magic because, uh, we wouldn't understood wouldn't understand how it worked, and it would be much. It could make any of that possible. So I guess it's another layer of the sandwich. I just never realized, and a simple one. You say, and it could be a simple answer. Well, what if Santa's not human uh, and not from Earth? You could say that Santa's from a galaxy long, long ago and far, far away, or whatever, or uh, far in the future, or at our time, in an advanced, very advanced civilization that loves joy. Interesting layer of the sandwich to think about, uh, especially if you accept that last point first, agenda to bring joy to our world. You say, well, what are they doing with it? I say, unfortunately, yeah, I'm sure that other fictional said, well, the joy is powering, you know, just like in uh, those uh, great Pixar movies. It's powering their world, but in a non-benevolent way, not like the movies. And you'd say, "Well, that complicates my feelings about the holiday season." I say, "Well, it's just a thought experiment. It's not true because I have the truth here tonight." And you'd say, "Well, uh, like, uh, so is any of that true?" And I'd say, "It is uh, one layer of the sandwich." Uh, there's something magical about the idea of Roberta Claus or Santa Claus, uh, which I use interchangeably. There's something magic about uh, overcoming our doubts and saying it is possible, and it is possible because of magic, so we don't have to worry about it. It makes it uh, the suspension of disbelief uh, a little bit more palpable, and I would say it's possible, too. Uh, and also, you say, well, maybe that makes it even more possible. I'd say, well, they're good, then. You say, well, that's just all the layer you need to think about. And you could also, instead of saying, no, no, Santa Claus is a human, say, okay, just use your superpowers then if you're not comfortable with technology from another world or magic. Now, there's a non-secular phrase that sounds like it's secular, but it's, it's, they say the spirit of the holiday season, the spirit of Christmas, uh, the season of giving, the joy of giving, and a lot of times that can be used. You see, well, to help, you know, but you see, what? But get it, the joy of getting for children and other adults. Sometimes of getting presents, and you see, that's what I'm in for the spirit of Christmas. And oh, we're just acting out these roles, uh, driven by the spirit, the spirit of Christmas. And you see, well, that's kind of vague. Uh, like, uh, I guess you're saying of following. You're just following a tradition and meeting expectations and participating in a myth, hopefully joyfully. Is that what your spirit of Christmas says? And I say, yeah, I guess so. But uh, And I say, well, you're on the right path now. I hear your thoughts whirring, and I've led you in the direction I want to. Because you say, well, wait a second, are you saying something more? And I'm saying, no, no, let's go back to the world of water and now a lot of people that in practice physics and science might say this is stretching things, but I would say that this is all made possible by water and you'd say, okay, what do you mean? And I'd say, okay, let's accept a couple of things about water. There's water and water interacting with all of our cells. Uh, I think is acceptable. There's water, even in low, even even in places with low humidity, all around us. And we're expiring water. There's water, uh, you know, in our mouths, our nat- You know, there, there's water, water everywhere, and in different formulas, you know, and connected to different things, or you know, carrying different molecules. But there's the molecule H2O. And water travels. Water is a part of these weather systems. Water falls from the sky in different ways. It rises from the ground. It moves through our countrysides. It's carried in the air. It floats in clouds and fog. We even carry it in our clothes, you know, or, 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 you know, attached to our cars, as slush in the winter season for some. So you say, okay, water's everywhere. What does that have to do with the holiday season? I say, okay, you accept that, right? You accept that water is even in your thoughts, uh, and you say, whoa, 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 what, you know, I'm thinking about water now because you're talking about it. And I say, well, you know, whatever, however deep you want to go, water makes that possible. Thinking about water is made possible by water, believe it or not. Talk about a, what a what a. You say, it really is. And I say, oh, boy, on many, many levels, thinking about water is made possible by water. And, you know, water it can it isn't just always H2O, right? It's, so you say, well, there's something suspended in the water. There's waters connected to this. Uh, you say, well, I got lemon in my water. And is it suspended? Is it attached? I don't know. But it's the lemons in there. Oh boy, that tastes good. Or or other things. Or so you say, well, I mixed my water in. I made some holiday cookies. Or there's even water in my butter, uh, right? Or or my you know. I'd say, okay, yes, yes, yes. You're on the right path. I think you are. And some people like associate evergreen trees with the uh, the holiday season. Correct. And evergreen trees are evergreen, one of many, many, not just the only reason, but because of water. And in that evergreen is water and many other wonderful, and you could even say magical properties or learning, you know, because we don't understand them So you say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not following you at all of what this has to do, what does this have to do with the holiday season and Santa Claus? Okay, so let's take a couple of the the myths of Santa Claus and apply them to water, okay? Let's just do, do that, and water vapor, moving water, water transmitting across the globe. And you say, okay, what do you mean? And you say, okay, one part of the, this myth uh, is that, uh, you know, there's uh, some place called the North Pole and there's people working on toys uh, and making them for free and, and then giving them away, which you say, okay, well, that's just part of the holiday myth for sure. And I guess we could think about was that once true? Or it's nice to think about... Uh, it's probably in a snow globe sense true because uh, I know that I go out and get gifts, in a, you know, th- those kind of things. Say, okay, okay. I I hear you. Or you say, well, I'd like to believe it, but do I read it? Is, and I'd say, okay, well, what if uh, just like uh, that lemon could be attached to the water? And you see, it's all year long that it's attached there, but it's just sitting there in the water, just a small thing—microns of uh, submicrons, uh, subatomic, possibly, like uh, maybe elemental. I'm not sure. There's a giving element somewhere in there. And you see, you're now you're really—and I say, okay, well, what if it is? Uh, Circling the globe, and something about, uh, uh, w- w- like, uh, it, it, sometimes it's inert and sometimes it's uh, active. Uh, and maybe there's some other element within uh, people giving that uh, maybe causes that element to subdivide. So then it's the idea okay, well, then this says, and now that we could call that E. e- one is the element, elf one, and that is the elven, you know, you say, okay, again, is that a sub, does it have its atomic, a subatomic number? I say, yes, uh, its subatomic number is G, forgiving, and you pause there because you say, well, that's not, and I said, you're correct. Uh, how many electrons, do, and I say, whoa, this is below those things, uh, possibly made up of the joy of dark matter. And this element travels around and starts to multiply in the holiday season, you know, because of the mechanisms of participation, either on a sub-sub level or an active level. You see, because there's water, you you know, when it hits your brain or your heart uh, or your limbs or whatever, it says, oh, wait a second, I feel you feeling that holiday season. I'm going to start to uh, subdivide some of these, uh, whatever, E1Gs or whatever, the giving element of the season and now marketers have known this for a while that that uh the subdivision occurs and it increases activity now we currently live uh in a non-barter based economy uh for a lot of us uh and uh, you know they're very far removed in those things And know if we look at it in a non-judgmental way which takes its own level of cognitive dissonance uh uh, we we could say, okay, this increases economic activity or planning of economic activity around the idea of giving and you know production and all those things, uh, and thus this sub element, uh, eg one as I'm calling it now, is one element. To, it takes the place of what once was happening up there. And makes it possible. Now, let me just blow your mind for one second. Uh, what if we had a uh, a dark matter microscope, which is never, never you know, beyond electrons, uh, beyond the realm of possibility? Because, because you say, wait a second, its once you learn, not, not just just to explain the physics of it for those physicists that want to pish and posh about this. Because, you know, the folding really opens a lot, of, a lot of possibilities. And what they don't know about the dark matter, or what they don't talk about and publicize, is that, uh, what if its matter folded in on itself, uh, and folded and folded and folded? And, uh, in that folding, what happens is, is it does touch on, like, now this is just the image of it. Because of that folding, it really goes well beyond our understanding because it's universes full, you know, it's touching other universes, which we really can't understand. So you're going to have to just take my image for this, uh, because the image is true, uh, but also, uh, it's an image to explain something that's kind of beyond our understanding, which you could say, wait a second, that's, you could have just said that and stopped a recording about the holiday season. But if we were to look at through our eyes right now, if we were looking now, I guess this would be a dark matter microscope, uh, and on that with a, with a filter that's a filter of understanding, what you would see is which within each of those, like, uh, is a universe of North Poles with uh, like uh, these giant communities of Elven workers working, and you know they're part of it. Like then you'd get too down. You'd have, you'd have to go way down the rabbit. You say, well, so that's like a Christmas-based universe, uh, and I'd say yes, but you like just like in each of the specials. But that's you know then you're just going down a rabbit hole. This is just to explain the fact. Uh, that, yes, on that submicron level, yet yeah, there is an entire universe of a holiday season contained within the EG1 uh, elements. I'm calling it an element, even though it's much smaller than an element. And it's transferred around the globe by water. Uh, it's very simple. So that explains the, the what happens. So the toys are being produced, but within the universe, within... The e.g. one element, uh, but when that e.g. element is present and begins to subdivide, or if, uh, you'd say what a subdivide doesn't mean. I say well, it's a concentrated refolding, which is an expansion of that universe. So really, it's not a subdivision. It's a, and it's not even a growth. Uh, it's an increase in mass, but again, mass is just a word that you wouldn't. Like the eg one element is gaining mass, but its mass is contained within a universe contained within the un- a fold of the the element. Uh, so its mass in our world is not increasing, but the power put off by it is, which creates is which multiplies and multiplies seasonally. Hence. Uh, holiday activity increases, it, along with the tradition. You say, which came first, the EG1 or the purchasing? of? Uh, and they'd say, well, I don't know. We'd have to, that that would be, you know, that's, uh, maybe that's for next holiday season. I'm not exactly sure. And it transfers around people, but some people react differently, which is okay. And Normally, say, no, 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 no. But we can also see as we look through this magic, like it's not, it feels magical because it's uh, beyond our understanding. But when we look through this lens attached to this uh, dark matter microscope, we're calling it DMM, you also begin to see. You say, okay, so that's how the toy, okay, so then you have Santa Claus, and then that's how, okay, so that's a very folded universe. That's how those things happen You see, okay, so then the next myth that's really hard to understand is that uh, Santa Claus travels the world, goes down chimneys, which is, this is just a traditional myth. It drops the toys off uh, and vanishes. How is any of that possible? Okay, well. When there's a buildup related to the passing of time and the the feel like it's a, this is a, this uh, eg one is reacting and folding and constantly up until like like it's more relating less to to calendar time and internal human time and you know it's very interrelated and and you see in there is an element. Uh, uh, Within there, S. So it's a capital S, lowercase a, and then a capital T. It's not sat, it's short for Santa. It's the Santa element we're calling it, which is even smaller. And if you were to look again through the microscope into that elven world, you would see a, a Roberta Claus or Santa Claus type figure within that world. But again, because you'd say, well, was it one—so there's billions of elven worlds? I'd say, no, no, no. They're folded within—again, see, in some sense, there's only one EV, EV1 or whatever I said, the elven molecule. Uh, but it's really hard to understand how one thing suspended in water could be connected infinite to infinite numbers. But it is because of the, fold, the folding— which again, you say, okay, you're blowing my mind here. See, it's a bit like a black hole, but it's different because there's no suction. There's just interconnection, but that just helps because you rest. They could say there's, but then you could bring up: is there an infinite number of Elven universes? And I'd say, well, that is even beyond my realm of understanding. That is one of the theories placed forth uh, in, in, I think, in theoretical physics. So, yes, I would say. But in our it, our holiday season does not rely upon the infinite number of elven universes occurring at the same time. It only relies on this one, which we're calling the EV molecule, or EV1, whatever, I like... Uh, that, uh, you know what I mean? It's just, it has infinite connections because it, it doesn't have infinite folds because, I, but it would, you'd say if you were to analyze the folds, it would take you too long. So you'd say, even a, our supercomputers would say, well, boy, where does that fold even go? I say, well, to another, anyway. So that, I just on to explain that there's a really only one North pole the, that, uh, this EV1, you see, is it connecting, like, to a hub? I see, no, 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 it's full, it's universe. Anyway, I guess I got off track. But as that EV1 gets, a, get the season activity, uh, giving activity increases, it ejects a new molecule, uh, the SAT molecule, the Santa molecule, and that happens to be ejected into water vapor, Right at that time, and what that does is it just starts to circulate. I mean, technically, all it really does is it circulates that uh, the the joyous uh, look on Roberta Colossus' face when children are being themselves in an imperfect way. Just as a a side note, you don't have to be happy in the holiday season. Joy is an option. Enjoy is something you can experience or observe, but you don't have to be joyful all the time. Roberta Klaus wants you to know that. Sometimes you get up on the wrong side of the bed on uh, the holidays, and uh, even a kid, or you say you have a disagreement with one of your siblings. Roberta Klaus, uh knows that happens, and she's watching. She's there, and she's bouncing around, but most, you know, bouncing around the joy, and that's how... Uh, the the those now some some reason now we don't totally understand this, but something about the activity of the, the SAT the Santa molecule with the the EV1 molecule still present, it does have this it it causes water molecules to spread around the globe. Now this is very low level activity. Weather satellites cannot pick the sub. But it does cause them to float down into communities. Uh, it does use some of the atmosphere to travel and the jet streams, but it's not solely relying on the jet stream. Because of the interaction of those two molecules, it is pro- pro- propelling itself on its own. Uh, in a, in a, And you say, well, what's the agenda of the SAT molecule? To observe, experience, and partake. Uh, and participate in holiday joy and i you know i can't break that down physics and universe wise but it does descend because so that's why and it says oh well if there is a chimney or a roof uh or oh you know even one you say well that's a exhaust for a restroom fan you say oh boy but uh That's how those things actually do go down the chimney in some cases. You know, they can also come up through the door or through, you know, micro—this we're talking about, you know, you could carry them in on your clothes or your boots. When you knock off your boots uh, in the right place, those of you that are lucky enough to have a mudroom with the thingamajigs, believe it or not, if it's in the holiday season, you're spreading that holiday joy around. And that's why people, some people say, well, this is like something you can spread to other, like, uh, and that's why people have parties. Uh. And I say, is it that the reason we do it? We're being influenced? And I say, no, 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 no. This is a participatory thing. You're participating. These molecules are participating. Now, the molecules do need to participate to exist and multiply or even eject the SA, T molecule. But that's how it comes down the chimney. And they say, oh, okay, if we were in the privileged place of getting holiday gifts, uh, we say, well, who purchased it? Oh, no, no, Santa Claus brought them. Roberta Claus came last night down the chimney and brought these gifts here for you to play with. Uh, That's actually true. Uh, Well, who made these gifts? Oh, the elves uh, in the North Pole made them. Actually true. Oh, well, last night Santa traveled across the globe and descended and went down chimneys every, now almost everywhere. Again, we're dealing with physics. They so say, well, it's not, you know, where some people say, I'll pass on those uh, molecules. Okay, understandable. And, and no, that's the great thing about the molecules. They're not going to make you participate. They say, oh, that person's activity level is different you know, okay, we'll participate with them on their level. Or they say, oh boy, this 2020, we're going to have to participate with it on a 2020 level. We'll meet it where it is. Uh, but it, it answers a lot of these age-old questions with, with you know, what you would call, uh, if you lived in Scooter's imagination, facts, uh, F-A, you know, with a, with a not, not spelled F-A, you know, they the, this, this is how... This is the layer of the sandwich you were never aware of till tonight. Uh, and you say, wait a second, this does answer every single question. I don't know if I could explain this. I can't explain it to myself. Uh, uh, but And I say, well, this one is here to keep you company. It's a layer of the sandwich you rest to. So uh, happy holidays and good night.